Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. Hey everyone, we are so inspired doing this podcast every week, having the opportunity to bring you all the valuable knowledge and advice that each and every guest provides means the world to us. Now, because of how much positive feedback we've been receiving from our listeners, we've decided to build a community through Patreon. Members of Patreon receive exclusive access to a chat forum, the ability to interact with our guests, which is so cool, extra videos and podcast episodes that will provide even more advice and knowledge. Join now by going to patreon.com backslash better together with Maria, and let's be better together because when you know better, you get better. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Welcome back to Better Together. <laughs> I'm just recapping some funny stuff to Steph in, the, in this moment. She's like, oh boy. It's not funny. It's, it's just, you know, when just stuff's just going crazy. Uh, anyhow, welcome back, guys. Glad to be back with you. Happy Monday. Our quote of the day, strength doesn't come from what you can do. It comes from overcoming the things you once thought you couldn't. Ricky Rogers. Great quote, stuff. I like that. Thanks. I thought it was applicable to your current life right now and the month of domestic violence awareness. Yeah, I like that. It is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so today's episode is dedicated to that. We have two special guests on the show today, both bringing awareness to domestic violence in their own way. Thanks to Purina, Red Rover and the Purple Leash Project, which I've been um, very involved in in the last few months, I was able to sit down with a survivor of domestic abuse named Angie. Her and her dogs are safe now, thank God. And uh, I know her strength and her story will not only move us, but it will help educate us because I wasn't aware of the statistics. And I didn't know until Purina um, put this project together that one in three women experience domestic abuse in their lifetimes and only 10% of domestic violence shelters allow pets. 
And so nearly half of all victims delay leaving because they don't want to leave their pet. And you'll hear Angie's story that really explains that because I did an Instagram post and people were like, what? We don't get this. And I'm like, that's because you don't know. And I didn't either. Uh, And that's why Purina and I are taking the lead to help keep domestic abuse victims and their pets together because we're better together. Yes, we are. And Purina is so amazing. They've committed a half a million dollars worth of grants throughout through 2022 to Red Rover to establish this Purple Leash Project grant and to help renovate, uh, I believe it was one shelter per state so that um, one shelter per state had a domestic violence shelter that was pet friendly. And so... um, So amazing. Yeah. Because, and we'll see it with both of our guests today, that the difference now, I think, with with bringing awareness is that we're not just talking about it. We're actually finding solutions. Like this is a solid, amazing solution to something I didn't even know was an issue. And I've been aware of this issue my entire life. Yeah. Well, and we'll explain that um, because we have another guest on the show today outside of Angie. She's the San Diego district attorney and her name is Summer Stefan. Is it Summer Stefan? I was like, only I only said Stefan because Kevin calls you Stefan. And I'm like, wait, is that where he got it from? He always (laughs) calls me Stefan. (laughs) Okay. Summer Stefan, who is Stephanie's. Stefan's scam sabras mom. mom. (laughs) Um, And so she's going to be Skyping in with us and she's devoted her entire life to protecting uh, women, children and families and providing justice to the voiceless and the most vulnerable. She's a national leader in the fight against sexual, sexual exploitation and human trafficking. She was named Southern California district attorney of the year by crime victims United. So today she's going to provide us with information that we need, which is, you know, statistics, how to get help, what the best way to get help is, which, you know, shockingly enough, I thought restraining orders were the way to go. And she will completely flip you when you get to hear um, that interview. And so, you know, if it's not for you um, and you're not in this situation, it's really always so important to be educated about these things because someone you come across, when you think of one in three women are going to experience this in their lifetime, that's think of your friends. Just count the women in your life. That's such a good point, Maria, because this is one of the subjects where it's not it's not really okay to be ignorant on it just because of the pure stats. Like, you know someone who's affected mm-hmm. by it. And it's crazy because when I was in college, I thought, like, I was like, I don't – I know zero relationships that are abusive. When I got out of college, almost five of my 15 team members from my team in the college – we're in a domestic, in a, an abusive, an abusive relationship. And wow. I was like shocked. So it's, it's really prevalent. Yeah, it really is. And so we'll help you kind of understand, um, understand the cause, understand the red flags and how to get help. Um, I will say with Angie, she was very, very brave because it was very raw still for her to speak. And she trusted us with this interview. And so I ask that you are patient with her because she's sharing something that is so, so difficult. And so she's, she's quiet and, um, and it's, you know, it was very painful for her. She was, she was incredible. And I was so grateful that she shared her story, 
Um, and so uh, you'll be hearing from Angie and Summer um, in this episode. I'm really excited to bring it to you. Before we get to it, though, I feel like I do have to like go over one thing. And this is something I was talking about last week is I wanted to go over what we have been applying from all of our interviews because um, there's been so many things that like are changing my life from this podcast. And so whether it's mono mealing from Sahara Rose, which we already know, like I've been tongue scraping and dry brushing and oil pulling, not oil pulling every day. Sometimes, by the way, I am trying to do two things at once and I swallow accidentally. <laughs> oh. And you know, it says do not swallow because the whole point is it's taking all the bacteria and pulling all the junk. And guys, no I'll be shaving way. my legs in the shower. And then if I try to do something else, I literally will swallow a little. And sometimes I've swallowed a lot. So I have to figure out a new routine because in the shower, it's, <laughs> Stephen's face is so disgusted. It's like I told you I eat swallow poop or something. It's just oil. Wow. Ugh. But you're not supposed to. I just, that just is the epitome <laughs> of your, your life right now. Like you are so. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. Like going on 150% with everything that you... <laughs> swallow the oil bowl. Yeah. So I haven't been doing that every single day because sometimes I get like so scarred from swallowing <laughs> some of it. But the mono mealing has been great. So I've been keeping different things in the fridge like a, you know, Tupperware broccoli or a Tupperware of cooked sweet potato. And so when I'm hungry, I just grab one of those and my stomach has been so much better. First of all, I've lost like probably eight pounds in the last like three, four weeks. I'm not drinking Diet Coke. Haven't drank Diet Coke in like a month plus. Maria. Yep. Big, big time guys. I Way don't think I've work. been off Diet Coke ever in my life. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. And that was Dr. Darren who, um, I think you're working on yes. getting on the show. He was the one who was like, it becomes formaldehyde in your body. And then he told me some other nasty statistic and I was like, okay, that's it. I'm never doing it again. Um, so we will be having him on the show, but uh, mono mealing has been really great. And I know it's changing Kevin as well, which is so great. Um, the choose again method from Gabby Bernstein. Mm. First of all, guys, I'm driving in my car and I will have a horrible thought. And then I say, oh, hello, horrible thought. I acknowledge you. I forgive you. And then actually, sometimes I've said it was a stupid thought. And then I'm like, no, I can't. That's mental violence. So then I say, I forgive you, thought. And then I choose another thought. And I swear, 
it is a major thing. Like if you apply this, it really, really works. And it really shows you just how many unpure, not good thoughts maybe are going through your head. I don't mean not unpure, like they're like, Steven's looking at oh me like gosh. I'm thinking something. They're just not productive. Not productive. Not positive. I'm trying to say it in a good way. Like, not positive. Yeah. Um, we and don't so, have time for unproductive thoughts. Yeah, so the choose again method has been amazing. Um, and, yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of everything else. But we'll, we'll continue to do this as we go through the show. But has and have you guys had things to add to your list i've been killing it okay. i've been using the jim quick memory method me too so i've been putting no way i've been putting host names to parts of my body <laughs> stop it that is so steven <laughs> if you tell me you put anybody in a non in a, in a place they shouldn't be in that we cannot do that just so you know oh, no no <laughs> all no. of a sudden he's cupping his balls and he's like oh that's where this host is so i remember stuff <laughs> I oh, would God. be. Oh, you put me on your butt. <laughs> It'd only be because he thinks you have big balls. That's so why, that's yeah. what he he can. That's this why is so I, bad. Call, I call Steph my dark chocolate. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. What else have you learned? No, I, I put people to, like my feet and my my hands. It's and really my helping ears. you, huh? Yeah, it's pretty. It's cool because we have over three hundred hosts, so it's like, oh, I can't remember people's names very well anymore. That's great. I haven't applied that yet. I should, but I. I I feel like my head's about to explode with everything I'm doing with my mom that I I can't really I can't really care about my memory right now as much. Yeah. Maybe it'll help your mom though cuz if she's like trying to figure out what pills to take like 1 p.m. hand. My mom can't this. remember her pills. Guess who remembers her pills? Me and my dad. Well, then I guess 1 p.m. hand. Yeah. This is the <laughs> Uh the other thing that I've been that it kind of I've been trying to cut back down on on red meat ever since our Christy Funk interview. Ooh, that's big. I'm still eating red meat. Yeah. But I'm I'm like not eating it every day because yeah. I was definitely eating it every day. Wow. Me too. I'm paying attention to it as well. Although I just found out I'm slightly anemic again. So I'm going to have to figure out how to supplement with different forms of iron to to get that back up. Go to like a butcher shop. You and Kevin need to find a good butcher shop. Why? It's different. It's like different, different kind of, it's not as overly processed meat. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, There's a, there's a difference in quality between like butcher shop meat and like what you buy at the store. Well, you know, my dad was a butcher. Really? Yeah. My, my dad and my godfather. So I grew up around that. Well, my dad was a butcher before me. But my godfather owned a butcher shop back in Davis Square in Somerville, Massachusetts. Wow. Costas just got like 10 times more terrifying. Yeah, it was called McKinnon's Meat. And so my dad used to go in there and yeah, oh my God, it's crazy. Are you glad you worked at Dunkin' Donuts and not there? Yes. Oh my God, I used to go in the back room to see my godfather and I would bawl my brains out like sides of lambs and all kinds of things hanging. Maria. Yeah. You know what? Kevin taught me something yesterday, and I don't know. I hope I say this properly, but there was something about lamb that if that you can't give it anything like like hormones or toxic stuff because it will die, I guess. So lamb meat is supposedly super pure. Not that I want to eat little lambs, but you know what I mean. Anyway, yeah. Um, okay, what else, guys? Um, 
I've been doing two to three cups of green tea a day. Ooh. Yeah, I've been really Oh, wait, good I've been at... doing the green tea, too. You have? Yeah, but I have forgot the last two days nonstop? because I've been out of the house. I haven't been able to do it as much. It's caused me to pee nonstop. Yeah. I pee nonstop all the time. Uh, yeah, that one, and then being—I—I don't—I only eat fish. I'm a pescatarian, but I've been incorporating more when I can. Just like have like really hearty vegetable meals. I've been doing that, mm-hmm. and there's so much from Gabrielle Bernstein's episode. It's crazy. Just like owning your power, mm-hmm. like really self the proper self-talk that's productive because like I was saying, there's no time for it. Mm-hmm. So when I do have negative thoughts, I'm like, what the, f- what was the <laughs> point of that? <laughs> serve yeah. me nothing. Yeah. Like, does it serve me? No. And with Sahara Rose, I've been cutting out the, I used to eat like really cold food mm-hmm. and the ice. And I've been trying to like, even when I get green tea, I'll be like light ice. Yeah. So then it will melt and then, it'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've been really focused on that too. Actually. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, like most of the time now, actually really, I only ordered an iced coffee yesterday because at coffee bean, they only give you a little ice and it's like shredded ice. So, and they ended up accidentally giving me hot coffee and I was like, okay, it was meant to be not supposed to have it. Oh, and my eyebrow tip again, I'm just going to give you this eyebrow tip. So Dimitri, when he does my eyebrows, I'm obsessed, right? He does this like little thing with the pencil on the top and somehow it's like so magical and I just can't figure it out. And so I found myself looking at a Kylie Jenner makeup tutorial that she was doing and she taught me how she does her brows, which is she combs them down and fills in the line above. Have you ever seen that? No. Okay, hold on, Steph. I'm gonna blow your mind. So I've been on this eyebrow kick of I want my eyebrows to go back to the way they were when I was little and they looked really fresh and natural. So I haven't tweezed my eyebrows in like a month. So you'll see all the hairs underneath anything. They look so good. Okay, so literally haven't tweezed my eyebrows. It may be longer than a month, but you'll see all of these little hairs here that make it look so youthful and young because I'm like, I'm kind of tired of waxing and plucking and doing all this stuff. Like I have a good shape and so, and I want them to look like a teenager for some reason. I just have this like thing right now. And so, but there's one thing that I really enjoyed. So I was like, you know, I do want the line of them to be a little stronger. So I comb them down and then I use this um, Anastasia powder and I just draw the line at the top all the way down and then I comb them back up. So they're not filled at the bottom. They're not filled in the middle. It's just that one line that gives you that like like more of an outline Wow! and it's gangster. Well, yeah. I mean, I was kind of distracted at the beginning of the episode because your face looks like your skin looks so good, but a big Thanks. part of that is your eyebrows are crazy. Okay. So that is the trick. Whoa. So first of all, I kind of tried today because I'm going out later and I wanted to make sure I didn't have to deal with it later. And guess what first foundation <laughs> made the biggest difference. So I made a little mixture but I'll tell you, Annie Lawless's um, all-natural organic foundation gives the best glow, period, and it's all natural. So, Annie Lawless. Yeah, she was on the show. Um, not on the Better Together version. She was on the Conversations version, but she's in, in there if you guys look. Um, she created an all-organic um, makeup line. And her foundation is pretty unbelievable. And it always gives me an incredible glow. 
So um, I did mix a little lighter of um, a Marc Jacobs to kind of, it was, I used her dark one and then a little of that. But yeah. Wow. That's, that's the deal. Writing this down. Mm-hmm. So that's my tip. Your interview with me. <laughs> Everybody else gets to give life-changing tips. I thought I'd throw one in for myself. <laughs> Guys, eyebrow tip, although it comes from Kylie Jenner. It's then, you know, but spit out by me, but I will give you that foundation tip. Thank you. Tip, so. We all need some good eyebrows. Listen, I was really like kind of excited by that. I'm like, no one told me to comb them down and do that. It's actually, I I read an article about how brows do so much for a youthful look that people yep. don't realize. Yeah. It's massive. Yeah, that's why I said, I'm going to just let them go and see what happens. And Frida Kahlo, baby. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's, what would happen to me. I was born fun. with a unibrow, Maria. I know you told me scam. <laughs> oh my god, poor scam with a unibrow. Young Mowgli, just shit balls. <laughs> <laughs> that is a soundbite. I like the drop. All right, guys. Well, without further ado, we will start with uh, Summer Stefan, um, San Diego District Attorney, who's going to educate us on domestic violence, the statistics, and all. And then that will be followed by Angie's story. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey. And Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner, Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast, and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. So can you give us a little background on your work and your work specifically fighting for domestic violence issues? So uh, I've been uh, prosecuting for about 30 years. I rose through the ranks to become the elected district attorney. But along my career, my focus was to give a voice to the voiceless. And often those are the victims. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past. But as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them of domestic violence because of stigma and shame that society bring to these issues 
I realized early on that they need someone to fight for them and they need the system to come around them. So I've worked on a lot of the innovations in law enforcement and prosecution that protect victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, and human trafficking. And often there's an intersection between all three. Oh, wow. What is the intersection? Well, it's really interesting. We're finding that a lot of the things that are suspected to be some minor domestic disturbance, when you really dig deep and you know to ask the right questions, you see that it's actually a relationship of a pimp and a victim, and that it is a domestic, another form, another level of domestic violence where the abuser is profiting from their intimate partner by selling them essentially as prostitutes for sex. Wow. What are some of the most important stats on domestic violence? Can you share those? Well, domestic violence, um, sadly and shockingly, is still the number one killer of women in the United States. In terms of violent crime, half of the murders of women across the United States are really related to an intimate partner violence. It is usually a former or current boyfriend or husband who ends up killing um, this woman. So that's a shocking statistic that really someone that's supposed to care and love you is the one that ends up ending so many women's lives. Uh, In San Diego County alone, that's the second largest county in our state, the fifth largest in the country. This last year, we had 18 homicides that were an intimate partner of violence that escalated to the point of ending somebody's life. And the big tragedy in domestic violence homicides is usually the offender is arrested and the victim is dead. So if there are children in the home, they essentially end up orphaned, for lack of a better word. So, and it also is a cyclical thing, meaning we see generations of violence. And what we're looking to do is to break that cycle of violence A lot of the new innovations deal with how you deal with, and I know this is close to your heart, with with animals that are in the home and children that are in the home because they are often also abused Mm -hmm. along that process. Yeah, that is something that I wasn't really aware of until recently and with my work with Purina and Red Rover in this project to help Um, make these domestic violence shelters pet friendly. I didn't realize until I met Angie at that shelter that the pets are abused as well and that these people can't leave behind their pets. So they don't go to a shelter generally and they stay with their abuser because they can't bear to leave their pet. And so that was a really shocking thing for me. I had no idea that that happens. Um, Of course, you don't want to see anyone abused. And then, of course, helpless children and animals. I mean, that's just so crushing. 
It, it is is so true. Um, this is why our systems have to continue to improve and to really listen to the victims and survivors as to what kept them in that destructive relationship. And often the abusers are really uh, masterminds of manipulation and they know exactly what buttons to push. So economic deprivation and economic instability and they find a way to make sure that the victim is not independent economically uh, and is only dependent on them and then uh, pets and children are the number one tools that are used to keep someone in an abusive relationship that could spiral into ultimate violence. So we have to find this is why it it's so great to see people like you that have a big voice bring attention to it because it's really important. It cannot be just a law enforcement answer. We are stepping up in law enforcement and and we've developed so many systems so much better than years ago to address victimization. But at the end of the day, that victim needs to have somewhere to go and needs to feel comfortable to report because she knows that there is a place for her kids, her pets, and that she can eat and she can sleep somewhere. Mm -hmm. So that economic stability, and that is something that law enforcement can't bring. That's an element that has to be brought about by systems being set up and organizations that care and people that care to set those systems up. Because victims of domestic violence are anyone. They can be anyone's child. They can be anyone's sister, mother. They are so pervasive and they're not limited to one class, race, um, or ethnicity. They're really all around us. You know, we're mentioning women, but one of the things that really startled me was the male statistics that I was never really aware of either. Can you speak to that? There are definitely male victims. You know, um, we are uh, we fought recently and, and won, which was a great, a parole hearing for a woman who killed her past husband and his current fiance. And it really shocked the community because it was just a very cold, very callous, lots of practicing that the woman did uh, with a gun at a range to, to make sure that she's able to shoot and kill them. And it left, a, it was a very prominent legal figure in the community and it left a gaping hole. Now, you know, people do get the, their emotions hurt with divorces and breakups, but obviously violence and murder are not the answer. And so we, the statistics are somewhere between uh, 7 out of 10 men will experience some form of serious uh, violence, a physical injury by an intimate partner. And what we hear again are that the same types of elements are used by the women abusers. It's, it is a kind of threats regarding custody of children or um, other types of threats about exposing them in their business field or in their, you know, their kind of social circles. So they stay in these abusive relationships. And I think that People want to get back to that person that they fell in love with in mm -hmm. the first place. 
and they think that it's just going to get better and that this is the last time. And the reality is I haven't seen it get better. I've only seen these cycles of violence get worse and worse over time. What are the red flags? You know, I feel like there's obvious for people, probably once it's escalated to a place where it's already too late. Um, But what are the red flags that people should be looking out for in their relationship, in their home, and then for others that they care about? Yeah, that, that's that's really key is to to learn those red flags so you can protect your family member and uh, for yourself. But one of the biggest things I've seen from talking to victims and tracking their life cycle is isolation. You know, the power of the abuser lies in separating the victim from their circles of trust and from their loved ones. It, it almost the victim begins to push away her family, her neighbors, her friends, one out of shame because she's embarrassed or he's embarrassed to to share because it, it, there's a little part of them that thinks it's their fault, mm-hmm. that they brought this on themselves. They made this choice of this particular partner. So they kind of have to live with it, that it is their um, choice. So there's a, there's some self-blame. And so when the abuser begins to put the seeds of isolation in, of uh, either directly by demanding that the victim not go out with her friends, oftentimes the, the victim quit her job because then they can have more economic control uh, because they need more of the time of the victim when they insist that calls be answered immediately so the victim is almost interrupting calls. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T H E O U A I dot com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Calls with family members, and it becomes almost a burden to call or to be with other people because uh, this is what the abuser is doing. This is the salient feature that we see in almost every domestic violence. This initial um, building of isolation, of isolating the victim from her trust circles. So you can't even seek help because you've now pushed your family away. You've pushed your friends away and you start to be all alone and you're completely dependent on the abuser who convinces you they're the only one who truly cares for you because after all you see how your friends don't care about you your family doesn't care about you because you push them out 
um, another um, red flag is really uh, finding that you are losing the ability to control economically your finances. You're being asked about your money, your savings, everything to do with your finances so that you are economically, again, isolated from stability. Those are subtle things that are not like the bruising and the different signs that people are generally looking for. Honestly, our abusers are not dumb and we see that they they learn to put the marks places where people can't see them. Um, they, they are very, very careful often. So you're not gonna see those visible signs. You're gonna see a look in somebody's eyes like they're more distant. They, they are further and further away. They're distractible. They're distracted. They're in a hypervigilance. They're kind of watching. They're worried what's going to come at them at that moment. So, so those are some of the subtle but very, very clear signs of that something's going on. Wow. What, um, what do people do if they are questioning their relationship or their situation? What's their first step? I would say to educate yourself. So sometimes the response, and it it is um, sad that this is the response, is to go out and get a restraining order. But the reality is that in the first 72 hours of getting a restraining order, that is when we see the violence truly escalate to wow. almost homicidal. Wow. So what the victim needs to do is to take a deep breath, educate themselves. There is so much information out there. There's a 24-7 in every language national domestic violence hotline that they should at least visit that hotline, visit the website and learn about relationships, learn about what a healthy relationship looks like, what are the red flags, the information is fully out there. And then what are the step by step to prepare because you don't most of the circumstances, someone doesn't have to suddenly get out. They have time to start to make sure that they have some financial resources diverted in the right way to themselves. Uh, Just a little bit of funneling. They're able to get a free credit card check to see if they're able to surreptitiously get their own credit card and credit separate from the abuser. They're able to look for shelter or a safe place to go ahead of time. And then when they do get the restraining order, they need to get it using a family justice center, a center that that is specialized in domestic violence that can make a safety plan with the victim of exactly what they need to have and what they need to do, including potentially changing their phone completely at the time that they leave. There are 
phones that we give victims that then they can leave their initial phone. There are uh, many, many things that can be done, but it can only be done with the help of professionals so that our victims are really safe and protected as they leave these abusive relationships. So is it better to get a restraining order after you've already left and you're somewhere safe? That would be ideal. That yeah. would be absolutely ideal to do it that way. But if you are going to get a restraining order because you know that the abuser is on a trip or they're already not in your house, but they're stalking you and they're continuing the communication, then you want to have a plan, especially for the first 72 hours to not be anywhere they may think you are. Got it. Oh, wow. There's so much to... uh to think about. I wonder the other quick thing I would say for anyone listening is, you know, I'm sure they know your passcode to your phone. So as you're researching, going into your Safari and um, what is it called? Like um, deleting cookies or whatever. Yeah. Deleting your history, your browsing history is going to be really important so that they don't see that you're researching this stuff. That's so right. And and we've even had some stalkers and domestic violence uh, type folks that that put an app where they can track the phone. You know, they're GPSing the phone, Mm -hmm. like find your friends. And 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 this is why getting a whole new phone, if you really if the threat assessment by the professionals and we do this in our DA's office, we have a high risk team that works on assessing what the level of risk is. It is not 100 percent foolproof, but there are certainly signs and things that give you a good idea what the threat quotient is for this particular victim and how serious we have to be, including complete relocation anything else, if the relationship is spiraling, if the abuser has very serious and, and mental health issues that that present in a violent manner, because we want to make sure not to make it look like there's the stigma of mental health. There are many people that suffer from mental health, but they're not violent and they're not going to be abusive. But if people with mental health issues are presenting with violence, then it is more serious and you have to be very, very careful. Another thing we're learning is we are really joining research and science with the field of prevention of domestic violence abuse. And this was really news to me that two years ago, this fantastic study came out by Dr. Campbell that rated the different forms of abuse and which one is more linked to homicide, to a lethal ending. And they found, believe it or not, that it is not the kind of beating or pushing, although all these forms are bad, but it is if an intimate partner puts their hand around your throat. Something about that, that choking, the putting the hands around the throat, is six times more linked to murder. Something about that control and power that the abuser is feeling that allows them to do that ends up in a very bad way. So two years ago, I started a 
protocol with law enforcement to always ask when they're called on a domestic violence call. We had 17,000 of them last year. And what, um, whether the person placed their hands around the throat, because victims won't freely report this because they think if they didn't pass out, they weren't unconscious that it is not an injury. When in fact, there are injuries that happen by choking somebody that come on later that are extremely serious. We had one woman, It you know, she felt like her voice had changed a little bit, but she hadn't passed out. Um, when we looked, we saw through a forensic nurse petechia, which are the red dots in the eyes, which means you've lost a little bit of oxygen. But it turned out that her trachea was actually severed slightly. So if left alone, she would have ended up, you know, dying from this. So she was transported to the emergency room because she needed something that was very, very life-saving right away. And based on this, we started in honor of domestic violence a month, which is this month, October, a movement uh, called Health Cares, where we did a joining of the health field and law enforcement to understand the importance of strangulation for domestic violence and to really ask the right questions uh, so that we can save some lives, you know, hopefully. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Wow. Yeah, I think that's such an important thing to note because if the research shows that this is six times more likely to end in homicide, even if they were using it as a scare tactic you at least know this is a major, major red flag to pay attention to. Exactly. If nothing else, uh, about 13% of domestic violence homicides are strangulation. But But even if it ends up being by use of a gun or a knife or something else, we see a history of strangulation before. So it is something that is not um, out there in the public's eye enough uh, to understand for victims, look, if he's placed or his hands around your throat, that is a big problem. And we started a campaign, you only decide what goes around your throat. Uh, and that's it. Mm. You know, it's about returning control and power to the victim. And that's through knowledge. So we tell anyone out there that is just worried for someone or worried for themselves 
first thing you should do is educate yourself. Go on the National Domestic Violence website and just learn the signs. If you're not ready to get out today, at least you have the information ready, you have the phone to call ready, you know that 911 is there for you, and you're able to speed up the process of getting out. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I want to um, make clear, and it's interesting because a few years ago I did this um, domestic violence uh, initiative with Mary Kay Cosmetics, and we did these short films, and that was the first time when we did the screening that I saw sibling domestic violence is a thing. I thought that siblings were allowed to <laughs> be terrible to you. Um, not speaking from experience or anything. Uh, but um, I I didn't know that that was recognized as domestic violence. And I'm not trying to make light of it. I just always, anything serious in my life, I try to make light of because it's easier to deal with. But I always thought domestic violence was, you know, a husband and wife or whatever version of that you are, like a partnership. I didn't realize it extended into siblings and and where else does it extend to that we're we're maybe not considering? Well, I mean, I think it it falls under family violence. Um so we we put domestic violence under the family violence unit because it could be a parent Uh, abusing a child. It could be a child abusing an elder, a senior, and we do see that like children that are addicted to methamphetamine especially um, and adults that move in with their elderly mother and they begin to economically defraud and abuse. So that's under kind of your umbrella family violence, including siblings. We, we sadly have things that go well beyond the normal sibling torture, which we're all accustomed to, mm-hmm. but more into the physical violence and the, you know, where nobody should not feel safe in their home. But legally speaking, domestic violence is defined as an intimate partner. So if we're bringing legal criminal charges you're right that it is usually an intimate partner, uh, a husband, a fiance, a boyfriend, uh, somebody who you've had an intimate partner relationship with. But under the bigger umbrella of family violence, we put siblings and parents and everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's interesting for people to know. And I wonder if you are a friend or a parent of someone you suspect is in a situation in in a domestic violence situation how do you help them first thing is to not to do exactly what the abuser wants families and loved ones to do which is to stop trying to to leave to 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 be pushed out by the isolation stay involved no matter what even if you're getting a cold response on the other side don't give up stay involved keep talking to the to the your loved one keep telling them that they are beautiful they're important they're deserving of a safe life that that just encourage them because lowering the self esteem of um 
a victim is exactly what abusers do so that they don't feel worthy or deserving. Uh, they lose their sense of self and their self-esteem. So, so keep encouraging, provide information in a non-pushy way. Let them know that you will always be there for them. And then if needed, call 911. If you are actually witnessing domestic violence or you know that there is domestic violence, you have to call police. You have to, you may be the one that has to make that hard call because it can be the beginning of a new safe life. Everyone deserves to be safe, especially in their own home, mm -hmm. in their own relationships. It's terrible enough if you're out there. This is why I care so much about this issue. You're out there and maybe your park is not safe or your street is not safe or your workplace is not that safe, but your home should be somewhere that's safe. People deserve that. So true. Summer, thank you so much. I, before we go, I have to ask you, um, we ask everybody since the show is called Better Together, how are you getting better every day in your life? I know that you work round the clock and uh, your, your mission is your life. So is there something you can share with others who are in the same boat that's helping you in your day-to-day? -day? Well, uh, for me, it's, it is staying connected with what is the most important, which is my family. Um, I think a lot of professionals and professional women sometimes think that um, in order to succeed, they they just have to care about work and they kind of lose their sense of family and their sense of and then they lose a part of themselves. And, you know, I, I have an amazing family and I stay connected with them and they feed my soul and hopefully I feed their soul a little bit. So so that's how I think I survive, because what I see every day is very painful um, it is it is not a, a happy field, you know, providing public safety, giving a sense of justice. You see people when they're broken, when bad things have happened. Mm. But I stay connected to to my family and that that keeps me healthy and smiling. Oh, well, lastly, I will say you have raised a wonderful human being that we get to enjoy every week here on this show. Um, Steven, thumbs down. You're dead. You're dead to me. Um, they can't speak because we have a little audio issue in the booth. So, um, Stephanie can't jump in, but, um, we love her and we're so, so happy that, um, you were able to join us and, uh, and be a part of the show. It's like a family affair today. <laughs> Well, that makes it extra special, and, and you are an extra special human being. Everything that you're bringing to animals, to people, it, it makes a big difference. You know, like Mother Teresa said, none of us do big things, but each of us can do something that will make a big difference, and uh, you're making a difference. This show makes a difference, and if my daughter is a part of it, that just makes my heart sing. Oh, she is definitely a big part of it. She definitely is uh, making a difference right alongside us. Steven is too. We all are making a difference together because we're better together. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Summer. And now here's Angie. So Angie, I guess let's just start with what brought you here. Um, 
I had a, a, a partner of five years and a very loving man, treated me like gold, never fought. He had me laughing all the time. And uh, on the five-year anniversary to the day, I was attacked and I almost died. Yeah, no worries. I, um, that has to be so hard for it to come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Was there something that changed with him that... Yeah. He started doing heavy drugs. Yeah. And he snapped. Um, I was confronting him about some behavior that had changed that I saw. And that was all it took. Wow. And so what happened after that? Um, he was escorted by the police off the premises. And um, I was there alone and looked around me. My whole house was a mess. Things everywhere. And uh, I walked in my bathroom. Excuse me, guys. Don't worry. I went into my bathroom and I looked into the mirror and I saw what a mess I was. I was in pieces. And then I walked in the living room. In my living room was in pieces. And I thought, when you clean up your house, it's one piece at a time. And when I was looking in the mirror, the same thought came to me that I have to put the pieces back together. It's very, very difficult. It's amazing that in that moment you were able to even think that. Mm -hmm. Because... I mean, it sounds like it was, it sounds like it was a really horrible situation and yeah. for you to be able to think about it in those kind of baby steps is probably why you're still here and, mm -hmm. and hopefully thriving. Yeah, doing much better. How does one get out of that situation? It takes a lot of strength, a lot of strength and, um... My first attack was my last attack. Um, how did I get out of the situation? I reached out. I made that one first phone call and asked for help. And it's very hard to explain to a stranger the events and how it affects you for life. Yeah. Before this, you had never experienced anything like oh, that? Oh, I had, yes. Okay. I can re recall starting at the age of 17 being with an abusive man. And I will say, every single relationship that I have been in was abusive. So it was a psych. Yeah. Um, I was attracted to the bad boys. Fun, masculine, and um, I was picking the wrong people. And it's a cycle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to break, and you can't help who you are attracted to, I find. I think everyone finds that. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why we always have such a hard time listening to our parents, because we're like, you can't tell us who to fall in love with. Yeah. You can't control that. Mm -hmm. That's a matter of the heart. Yeah. yeah. But yes, every relationship I've been in had domestic violence in there. And I think um, I attract these men because I'm a natural caretaker, mm -hmm. um, a mom, um, a student. Just I care for others. And put myself last. Yeah. It's 
definitely something a lot of women struggle with. Lots. Yeah. A lot. So you made that first call. Who was the first call to? My church. My church. I had um, just a couple of days to get out of my apartment. Um, I was frantically on the phone asking for help. I didn't know where to start. Mm -hmm. And I had to move quickly. And uh, the last phone call I made um, was a church. And I told them I can't, I can't do it by myself. I need somebody to pack a moving truck, unload the, the moving truck. And um, next thing I know, I had six church members yeah. show up to help me move. That's amazing. Mm. Was that the first time you reached out for help yeah. in all of these yes. situations? Yes. Probably because it was the worst, right? Yes. And then how did you end up here? Um, lots of phone calls, lots of phone calls. Um, there were other shelters that I would call. And, you know, knowing that you have to go to a shelter is really rough. Mm -hmm. And um, I must have called ten places and nobody had a place for me to stay. They were full? Mm hmm So I went I wound up sleeping in my truck with my animals. So what did you do for a living? I'm a registered nurse. You're a registered nurse. And I specialize in women's health care. Wow. And so here you are, a nurse, living in your truck with your two dogs mm -hmm. because you have nowhere to go. Correct. And so the shelters that are around didn't have any vacancies. No. But also it was probably hard to find one that accepted my dogs. Yeah. And Tell me about that struggle. Um, with the dogs or yes, nobody would understand about my animals. They don't, um, they, one of them, um, helped save my life. And, um, how, um, she attacked my partner oh, wow. and she started howling. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had helped me raise Pandora, so I've never seen her act like that. But she, she, she helped. helped in. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so, was it ever a consideration to give them to somebody so that you can? Absolutely not. So your choice was, I live in my car because I yep. can't be separated yes. from my babies. Yep, they were my family. Yeah. They were my family. Unconditional love. Yep, we know it. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I have two boxers. I have Pandora the mama, and then I have a baby, a baby boxer. And it's so strange to uh, know that Pandora went after my attacker, somebody that she loved and was raised by. Well, she knew right from wrong. Absolutely. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so now you guys are here. Thank goodness these people are keeping me safe and they're educating me hopefully to break that cycle yeah i wonder when you come to a place like this how how scary is it first of all to leave your abuser oh it's um, incredible incredible because you don't know when they're gonna come back you don't know how explosive things could be you know, and I, I almost died. So, yeah. The attack was that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was in the hospital for three days. Oh wow. Mm -hmm. So you really couldn't move yourself. 
no. And I was alone, and I felt alone, and I could not reach out to family because right. I had to keep them safe. So if they knew you, you were afraid they would be vulnerable? Yeah, and very judgmental. Yeah. This well, morning. and you never know how, how people will react on your behalf either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're scared to put them in that position. Yes. Yeah, we have to care for everybody but, but myself. Mm. Yeah, I was scared to death. And so here you have your dogs, mm-hmm. you're safe, mm-hmm. and how are you... How are you taking the days, and what is what is your goal now? My goal is to um, help other women. That's what my goal is for the rest of my life, is to help other women in this situation. Mm-hmm. I have a lot to offer people. Yeah. Are you still working? No. Yeah. Not right now. Um, but the funny thing is, is uh, working in women's health, I was often frequently educating these women about domestic violence. Because you knew firsthand. Well, I had no idea that this partner of five years was in the background abusing because it wasn't physical. It was verbal and emotional. And emotional and spiritual. Mm. So there was all kinds of abuse that led up to the physical mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. So but for I you, you know. probably were feeling like this was a better situation than others, probably. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. didn't notice it. Yeah. Other people didn't didn't see it either. So when it happened, um, people had a hard time believing me. Mm. He's a family man, you know. We would go to church together, family functions, Christmas. And uh, it was all a facade. Mm. It's a lot. It's a lot to heal from. Yeah, I'm, it's going to take a long time. Yeah. Well, luckily, you're in a safe place. This, the people here are wonderful. Yeah. Um, they, they help reach out to the community. I didn't know where to start. I'm sure. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. It's really, really hard. And they accepted my pets, my dogs. They are my emotional support because I don't have family right now and like I said I was sleeping in my truck and I came here and uh, they're changing my life yeah what do you think of um, the projects that we're undertaking here today I can't believe it Unreal. I've never heard of this before Mm -hmm. and it's so important to have unconditional love you know, they're quiet, they're there, you can cry on them. Mm-hmm. They know, you know, they it's do. great. I would not have given, given my dogs up. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. What do you want people to understand about the bond between people and animals, and then specifically with situations like these? Because, you know, when people don't know, they can't understand. Mm-hmm. They're not just dogs. They're not just dogs. Um, they're protectors. They are quiet, and they, you know, they understand. They can feel your emotion. Um, I don't know how emotionally I would be without my dogs. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be around friends, family, so I have them. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. I feel you. They're my little healers too. Yeah. And to, to have a facility that helps change your life to allow your pets to come with you is amazing and very healing. I love it. Well, that's what this project is all about. At least there'll be one in every state for people to go to. And then hopefully as awareness is raised, mm -hmm. there could be more. One thing that I learned coming here and speaking to the women is 50% of homicides in the state of Maine are domestic violence based. based. Wow. It's a lot. Yeah. I had no idea. That's strong. It's powerful. Yeah. Um, I had no idea. It's unreal. It's really scary. Mm -hmm. Really scary. Well, thank you for sharing your story and allowing us to learn from you and what you've gone through and to better educate other people on this because it's so easy to disregard dogs and just say they're just dogs, but they're not. All right, guys, what have we learned? So many stats. Like I said in the top, I did not know that women, a lot of victims of domestic violence wouldn't leave the house because of pets. And the strangulation. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like how a lot of serial killers used to abuse pets. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to me. Like strangulation when you're like trying to hurt someone, that's like psychotic yeah well i think it's so cool that your mom and her team identified that in the research and have now applied it into the protocol because like i said in the interview if you're in a situation where someone does grab you by the throat even if they didn't officially strangle you the fact that they went there is a red flag that now you can identify and say huh this person is displaying this tendency. Um, and then just the, the idea that getting a restraining order could be the quickest kind of way to your demise if you don't do it at the right time and in the right way. So you really need to know that you need assistance to kind of have someone map out your, your plan for you on how you're going to detach and get away from someone in a situation like this. That's why even at the shelter that we renovated in uh, Maine with Purina and Red Rover for the Purple Leash Project, no one could know where we were. We had to take our location devices off our phones and, and make sure that we didn't mention where we were because these victims need to feel safe wow. and that their abuser can't come find them because that's the the scariest part is, you know, if someone's escaped you and you're the abuser, um, you want to find them. And so and technology just makes it so easy. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah. We had to be so, so careful. So, um, and I, I never knew, I, I never knew that the pets were abused as well. And, um, and, and just kind of what went onto all of it. So it was really eye opening and, um, and really important to know. And I'm really proud of the fact that I get to be a part of um, these projects with Purina because um, I'm always learning and I get to use my platforms and my voice to help help people, which is really cool and I really enjoy it. So 
um, if you guys want to participate in your way, since it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, take a picture of you walking your dog. If you got a purple leash, even better. And uh, tag at Purina and Red Rover Org and um, hashtag us purple as well. Purple Leash Project and Taking the Lead. Yes, and and help take the lead on domestic violence awareness and and spread this incredible message and thank you as always for listening to our show watching us of course and if you could help us by rating commenting subscribing we live for the amazing reviews not gonna lie i check them on the regular if i'm in the waiting room at cedars and i'm sad and i need to pick me up that's exactly the first place i go i don't go oh p.s i got my social media down to 13 minutes a day guys check your phones right now i'm just curious to see where you're at tell me what's your on-screen time mine has to be ridiculous because this is where our work is now Uh i check it if you go into your settings and you look at on-screen time or screen time it'll tell you i got mine down to 13 minutes i was so proud of myself but what I do do for a pick me up is I go to our comments and I'm so grateful to hear how this is impacting your lives and how um, you're making changes and how it's inspiring you um, because it's doing the same for us. And we're just the vehicle to help kind of bring these people here for you and to help you. Um, but they're helping us too, as you heard, you know, um, have heard along the way. So we have new episodes every Monday. If you do love the show, share it with friends so that we can build this community and more people can get these messages. Um, I feel bad that sometimes people come to it and then they see like a list of like a thousand shows they have to listen to to catch up because we've had so many incredible guests already. So get them here faster so that everybody's on the same page. Um, and um, we also have recently launched our Patreon account because we have been doing this show for free forever and um i gotta get these guys paid what Um, (laughs) but steven tell everybody about the patreon well the patreon's awesome because we you know it's not just to get us paid it's because we wanted to give back and we wanted to give more so instead of only having time to do one episode a week which we love doing we now do three episodes a week we Mm -hmm. have our one episode and then we have an after show for that episode and then we also have a second full episode every single week on the patreon and if you go to patreon.com slash better together with maria you can check it out uh with the five dollar tier you can join us and be on our community be part of our community on discord Mm -hmm. communicate with maria with me with steph talk to our guests before shows uh and get access to all those videos so it's like it's really really been fun it's been really a fun experience for me like creating this and moving forward with it yeah you've killed it and it's been so cool to see everyone who's joining and um and the funny thing is is i feel like everyone's just joining to support us and it's so such a cool feeling like we have such a great group of people listening to this show and so we think of you guys as family and friends and we're we're grateful for your support and hopefully we can continue to bring you even more content in those tiers and content that will help you in the meantime steph what's your own screen time oh my gosh uh, it's got to be over an hour because that's where I used to be. Yeah. Well, mine's giving the daily average is five hours and 30 minutes. Sounds about right for Steph. Yeah. 
She's got to get that Insta following, you know? Well, I'm Holy doing moly. all the social and... All the social, but it's one post a day. No, well, for <laughs> how long do you, How long are you on there posting that one post? Maybe that's something that we need like to start hour. exploring. <laughs> well, a lot of times emails on my phone. If I'm like do like editing on my computer, I'll check an email on my phone. Like. No, no. So it's not just your, your phone time. Everybody's going to have like hours on their phone. Oh, okay. Your social media. Oh. See, Stephen, yes. have you looked your results? Oh, yet? yeah. Daily uh, average an hour 30. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mine <doubting> says myself. <laughs> daily average on all devices, one minute. Stop it. Nope. Says one minute. I just activated it. Steven. Steven. <laughs> little shit. It wasn't activated before. It's probably going to be like three hours on Bumble. Yeah. No, <laughs> mine actually was up. I mean, I remember even it up and into two hours as well, but I've like made such a conscious effort. I hate going through it. Um, I hate social media now. Yeah, I really hit I'm, that point. I'm as against it as I can be. I went through my Instagram and I deleted every single person that I didn't like actively know in person. Mm-hmm. Anyone I've just followed or any models I've followed or anything. I'm like, you know what? Like any all, models. all it does is just make me be like, you know what? I don't know this person. It's just like gives me, it's like advertising. It's like, yeah. why am I subjecting myself to yeah, just advertising? I know. Um, but speaking of advertising, these aren't ads. These are iTunes reviews from Woo! you guys, the oh, listeners. Oh yes. Before we go, please. We have some good ones. One is from, Marina, who says, you are a godsend, Maria. Maria, thank you so much for the podcast that you do and all the amazing people that you've interviewed. I do have to say that each time that I listen to your podcast on the day that you upload them, it resonates with what I'm going through in my life. (gasps) On the day my sister surprised me with Gabby Bernstein's new book was the same day you uploaded the interview. Like, seriously, wow. I, too, have a very close family member that is not well, and it's been an emotional roller coaster for me because they're very dear and close to me. I listened to what you said today, and it helped me so much. I hope I get to meet you one day. Aww. And then she wrote a message <clears throat> in uh, in Greek, which was really cool. I don't oh, well. know what it says. I'll I'm, read that afterwards. I, so to read I actually can read Greek, so I will read that. Thank you. Uh, Flyby says, I found my people. Murray, your friend in my head, and hear you on Stern, which is always awesome. And now mm. this, amazing and real. Everything is so relatable and helpful. I just listened to you and Gabby Bernstein. Amazing show. Super amazing team and one of my favorite go-to podcasts. Love all the great wisdom, and you all work great together. Sending good thoughts to you and your family. Maria Nicole K. Bergen County, oh, New Jersey. You. We have more. Moss. <laughs> C. Cloves Jack says, Maria, thank you. I've been an avid listener for so long now and have grown spiritually right along with you. I have such a collection of resources because of your guests and have been exposed to things that have stayed with me. I'm a celery juice addicted, tongue scraping, Abraham Hicks listening spirit junkie. Thank you for being that reassuring voice every Monday that grounds me and reminds me that of all I have to be excited about in this physical realm. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, (laughs) Marilyn Quamer says, I love, love, love your podcast. And four heart emojis that's yes. a pretty good comment amen and then uh tia tahara says inspiring informative real and interesting the show has interesting guests that open our minds and our hearts marie is adorable funny and natural and the energy of the show is positive and marie brings depth character and true beauty wow damn ego boost <laughs> <laughs> no so sweet it's so sweet it makes my day thank you guys Ugh. so much like i said i seriously Every time I need a pick me up and I'm sad or, you know, whatever's happening with my mom or whatever, I just, I literally go there and it lifts my spirit so much. So thank you. Um, we're all in this together. Uh, in the meantime, if you or a loved one is in danger, 
Um, speaking of our show, uh, know that the domestic violence hotline is always available to you. You can reach them at 1-800-799-7233. We'll also put that up in the summary of this podcast. Uh, follow us at Maria Menunos, at Purina, at Red Rover Org. Uh, of course, you can also search hashtag Purple Leash Project. At Summer Stefan, at Steph Sabra. That's Stephen Lemieux photo. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present.